So this is the same thing that's happening when we see chart setups that we believe we know what's going to happen. And unfortunately, our prediction is the crippling aspect of this because we go, well, last time that happened, this wasn't the best outcome. And for 99.9% .9 of us on this call and learning to trade, we haven't come from being a seven-figure trader, which has got good habits. All of our past experience obviously haven't been the best experiences because otherwise we'd be that seven-figure trader. So what we're doing is we're recalling memories of past experiences that are negative and trying to behave in a way relative to them. We don't want to be predicting the future based on shitty past experiences which do not hold truth. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. My name is Jake, and you are listening to The Success Shift, a show where perfection does not exist, but learning and growth take center stage. Have you ever felt stuck, like you're doing all the work but not getting the results? Maybe you feel like there's something missing. Perhaps there is some sort of internal shift that's needed to really get you to that next stage of success. Well, buckle up and join me as we jump into the minds of those who have been successful in their field and dive a little deeper into what is actually needed to get you to that next level. Is success just a state of mind? Does believing you're successful act as a catalyst to greater success? Is it something we can work on or are some people just luckier than others? No matter what you're into or where your passion lies, if you're wanting change or a shift in perspective, then you are definitely going to want to tune in. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Success Shift. My name is Jake. We're back for a new week. It's the third week where we've kind of been um, reduced to one week. Uh, it feels weird because I haven't actually left yet, which was the whole kind of kind of plan was for me to be able to get things going. And, and when I leave, it's going to probably be a bit harder for me to keep up. So I decided to do one a week. But every time I come back for a Tuesday, I feel like it's been so long that I miss you guys and that, you know, my, my morning routines have not kind of, well, my afternoon routines, but have not quite been the same because this was, you know, such a big part for me. So I'm still getting used to only being here uh, once a week. And if uh, if it gets too too lonesome in the mornings or the evenings for me, I may reduce it back to, to bring it back to two, but we're going to stick to one. And I'm glad we are here again this morning. Good to see so many people eager and ready to go, even though I know it's so early for a lot of you. Um, but lovely to have you all here. People chucking their gratitude into the chat, which I love. Very grateful for a cup of coffee this morning and the heat in the cold morning. Yeah, coffee is always nice. I've, I've tried to reduce my coffee intake personally, but I had one this morning or this evening and it was beautiful. <laughs> Very grateful for this group and the new learning opportunities. Grateful for family. Yes, we miss you in the mornings. Oh, thank you guys. Appreciate it. Don't forget to chuck your gratitude into the chat. I get up later now in the mornings without Jake. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm glad you get to sleep in. Sorry that I'm not here, here there for you, but uh, we'll uh, we'll be back and we'll, we'll continue the learning a bit more vigorously when I've come back from my uh, holidays. The good thing about this profession, shall we say, is that you know I have the ability to get up and leave for four months and travel all over the place. So uh, it's it is nice. With a one-year-old, it's probably going to be a little bit more taxing that I'm that I'm prepared for. Is our first kind of big trip with the little man, so I'm uh, wanting to try and remove as much added stress and responsibility as possible. I'm very excited, very grateful for um, you know our lifestyle and the fact that we can get up and go with the little man, and very grateful, um, yeah, just for how kind of easy it 
this is becoming to travel in this this new day and age you know so many things are coming online people are making incomes online and you can really just get up and go wherever you want and see the world which i think you know one of my favorite things to do is travel so i'm very very grateful for that i'm looking forward to the travel don't need another one year old <laughs> yeah other people getting travel cards getting the travel bags ready and excited to go but yeah not everyone having the one year old You'll have to tell me all your travels tips with a one-year-old. Yeah, I will, Kayla. Don't you worry. <laughs> good morning. I'm grateful for this new morning meetup. A great add to the morning routine. Yes, it's it's good to have new faces coming in. This community is constantly growing, which I love. If you know anyone else that's a trader that wants to get involved, please send them this way. We want to grow this community as much as we can. If you're listening on the podcast and you want to jump in and be a part of this trading community, we speak about mindset. We have live calls every morning, and it really is a great way to learn how to trade. Trading can be such an individual thing um, and doing it with a community, doing it together and, and having people to bounce off really, really does help uh, through those harder days and and bit, get those lessons faster and just kind of gives you something nice to look forward to and, and jump into a community of like-minded people. So um, for those listening on the podcast who aren't in the community, do, do, um, do not hesitate, jump in. There'll be a discount code in the description of this, of this um, episode, but just a grumpy old man in the chat. No, <laughs> I find that hard to believe, Kevin. Um, all right. So today we are talking um, talking about a few things. So I'm trying to break down some of the more in-depth questions that we should be having with ourselves because so many traders that I speak to often go through phases of, I know I shouldn't be doing this, but I still do. Chuck some ones in the chat if there's so many behaviors that you see on your chart. And you go, I know I shouldn't be doing this, but for some reason, I still am. Ones, 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 ones. Yeah. So it's very common that people know how to trade successfully. They know how to do the right things. They know what they should be doing. But for some reason, in the moment, on the charts, in that very moment, we struggle to have that self-control. Okay. And yes, you know, we speak about this all the time. And basically what it is, is it's the emotions taking over. The chimp brain is stronger than the human brain and it's pulling from past experiences and making you respond in a way that you is, feel, feels natural to you. Um, and unfortunately, this doesn't go along with the plan and you start to do these things that you feel in the moment is the right thing to do. But when you look at it objectively, you're like, no, that was not the right thing to do. Why was I doing that? Well, if you've read The Chimp Paradox or you know heard some of my stuff before, the chimp brain takes over, right? We have the three brains. The chimp brain's stronger and faster and it's the emotions and it just takes over. The human brain knows what to do. It's logical and it understands exactly what the process should be. But unfortunately, it um, when the emotions kick in, we do not have control. The chimp does. And so what we need to start doing is asking ourselves why. What was the thought process that went on in your head that allowed the chimp to take over? So when you know, okay, this is something that I'm doing over and over again, and I know I shouldn't be doing it, what happens in my brain? Like, Let's try and slow time down if you can and go, what is the thought process that allows me to justify this behavior? Okay. Now it may be different in different scenarios. It may be different entering a trade. It may be different managing a trade. It may be different, you know, once you've exited a trade, whatever it is, but we have to break down the scenarios. Okay. We have to find those moments in time where we decide, well, not that we decide, but where the human brain loses control and the chimp takes over. And usually there's a justification in the brain somewhere you go, Oh, I know my trading plan says this, but in this particular trade, maybe 
it'll bounce off this level. Maybe it's actually going to reject. Maybe it's going to do this. And so there is a moment in time in every person's brain where there's a switch from the logical to the emotional. And usually we don't realize it until it's already happened, but we want to try and think back. And this is the whole point of the journal. The whole point of the three phases of trading in the journal is what are those justifications? What are the things I'm saying to myself that are allowing me to break my rules? What are the things that I believe rationally in that moment, even though it's not rational, it's emotional, make sense to allow me to adjust my behaviors? Check some ones in the chat if this is making sense because I need you to be following along. Okay, got some ones. Okay, not as many as I'd like. <laughs> but the point here, okay, so I want you to think when you're doing this behavior, when you look back and you go, oh, why do I always exit early? Why do I never take my exits? Why do I, every time I take a stop loss, I hit the button again, just because I want to be in the trade. You know, find these behaviors, find what you're doing. And then if you've listened to my golden circle um, explanation from Simon Sinek, we want to look at why we're doing it. So we've got to find what we're doing, find the behavior, and then we got to dig the then we got to dive deep and dig out the why. Why are we doing this thing? And only once we know the why we're doing the thing can we figure out how we're going to change it. So we look at what we're doing, understand why we're doing it, ask those questions and find the truth as to why we're doing it, and then we can work on ways to change how we do the behavior or how we don't do the behavior. I don't want to lose another trade. Okay, so, so there we go. Perfect example. Thank you. I don't want to lose another trade. It's a very, very common one. I've lost two trades. I don't want to lose another one. So this is the the ego. And there could be two sides of this. It could be the ego of like, oh, I, I'm losing. Makes me a loser. I don't want to lose again. Or I'm losing. That's too much money. I don't want to lose again. Now, there's two ways that we can go about this, depending on which one you are. If it's, oh, if I lose this again, then I've just lost so much money. It's maybe try and find that... Um, that threshold where we know, okay, in a whole session, if I lose this amount, because my rules say that I lose three trades and then I'm done. And if I lose $400 in that, it's going to cripple me. But if I lose $100, I'm like, oh, I can justify that. So we're going to try and find a new threshold for you and understand that there's a certain tipping point between when the dollar amount reaches a logical and when it's too high and it starts to reach an emotional management point. Well, the second is the ego. Why does it matter to you if you lose so many, if you lose another trade? If you understand the system and how it plays out over the long term, then you should have trust in the system that it doesn't matter if I lose this particular trade because this particular trade does not hold my self-worth. This particular trade does not equate to the seven-figure trading account. This is just one little blip in the process of time that is the journey of trading. And so there is back and forth between what you need to look at. So as you can see, this one example that came in the chat, which was a great one, it's very common. You have to look at why am I doing this and really understand the tr truth behind why you're doing it because there was two reasons as why you could be doing this. And then we can start to look at how. So both reasons, we could find out a way in which we could try to adjust our scenario or an environment that we can actually make this a little bit easier for ourselves and hopefully manage it in a different way. Now, it's a very short and brief example you know, my entire mindset course is going through these and trying to break them up and show what it looks like on the charts and ways in which we can actually adjust that and try to go through the process to create those new behaviors. Now, creating the new behavior is kind of what I want to lead on to today. So we know that 95% of our trading mistakes come from a state of fear or greed. It's either 
I'm greedy, so I'm doing this because that's the emotion, or I'm fearful and I'm doing this. And to be honest, you can look at it from different angles and different perspectives, and you can find FOMO from a fearful angle or a greedy angle. You can find um, trailing too aggressively from a fearful angle or a greedy angle. They really are two ends of the same spectrum, and they can sometimes result in the same outcome. But why does this happen? Okay, let's look at some of the acronyms for fear, which I like. Now, this is just a way to think about fear. But we often, you may have heard me say, if we're living in fear, we're living in the future. And if we're living in anxiety, we're living in the past. And if we're living in peace, we're living in the present. It's one of, one of my top sayings that I love. And basically, what I want you to understand is that the fear comes from your prediction of what may be. And you only predict that based on past experiences. Now, past experiences are stored as memory, right? Memory in the brain. And so what we have to find is the link between the memory and how that sh shifts and ch changes the emotion. And if we go into the neurochemistry of the brain and, and the neuroscience behind how it kind of all works, we can start to understand why we have emotions from this fear. So the acronym that I was referring to before, there's two that kind of stand out. The first one is future events appearing real. I like that one because it's basically saying that I'm just assuming that what's going to happen in the future is real. And therefore, I'm inducing this, this emotion in me based on what I think is going to happen. And the truth behind that is no one knows what the hell is going to happen in the future, especially on the charts. It's so, you know, it goes up and down. It does whatever. So we've got to try and remove that thinking from future thinking and into present and go only now, as at now, as James Leon likes to say, as at now, what is the chart showing me? If the next candle shoots up all the way to here and hits my target in one candle, Will I have enough profit to make it worth my while? And if it turns around and shoots the other way randomly, have I got a position in place that stops that risk and allows me to make sure that I'm protected? I don't care about what happens in 16 candles time. I just care about right now in this situation, if it was to go up a long way, would I have enough profit to grab? If it goes down, do I have positions in place which either protect me or allow me to manage my risk? That's all we should be caring about. Because that removes this fear. I mean, of course, it's not going to happen like that. But the whole point is the future events that appear real to us aren't actually real until they happen. And now why do we hold an emotion to that? Well, because, oh, it could do this and this and this. And last time that happened, so moving into the back, moving into the past, moving into that anxious place, last time that happened, this is what happened. And it was traumatizing or it left me with this emotion or I had these feelings about that experience. So what we're doing is we're predicting the future based on previous experience. And that creates this emotional trading. We need to shift that and go right into the moment. Okay. Now back to the neurochemistry of it. Now, how does this happen? Well, memories, funnily enough, are stored in the synaptic structures in our brain. And if you go back and watch some of the podcasts from before, we speak a little about the neurochemistry and how the, the, the gaps between different neurons end up firing and there's different neurotransmitters. And these neurotransmitters are dopamine, neuroephrine, adrenaline. Um, there's a whole bunch more that I can't think of right now, but there's a lot, right? And the firing, the neurotransmitter that fires between these neurons actually ends up causing these emotions. You know, dopamine is that craving we speak about in habits. There's a serotonin, which is the feel good, the adrenaline, which makes you all hopped up and ready. You get that from exercising. And what's happening is when you relive a memory, there's a certain neural pathway that fires because that's kind of where the energy had to go in order to retrieve that information from the brain. And so that's releasing a certain bunch of neurotransmitters, which of course is releasing a certain bunch of chemicals into your brain, into your body, which makes you feel an emotion. So when we think about that memory, we've got a neural pathway that's firing based on the synapses that have been developed over time. 
and then that releases a bunch of different neurotransmitters and different chemicals and then you know the most dominant neurotransmitter within that makes you feel a certain way so therefore we have the emotion so when we start to live from our memories our past experiences our brain releases chemicals that make us feel a certain way and so therefore the more we think about what could happen in the future based on what's happened in the past the more we're allowing our brain to start triggering off these memories which are start firing off neurotransmitters which starts pushing chemicals around to make us feel emotions does this make sense put some ones in the chat if you're following along because i know it's a long trail <laughs> of information ones 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 okay good so i haven't lost you yet so can you see now how that the future events that we start predicting based on the memory starts making us feel a certain way because of the chemicals that happen in our brain. So how do we stop ourselves from emotional trading? We stop trying to predict the future. Stop trying to predict the future based off past experiences because there's no way you can predict the future if you've got no previous experience. Okay? There's no way you can predict an outcome if you have no idea what it's going to be like. You had no information as well. You know, if I was to say, I'm going to teleport you to Mars tomorrow, what's it going to be like? Uh, I don't know. I've read some stuff about it not having oxygen and maybe being able to jump really high and stuff, but it's going to be limited to be able to predict what's going to happen because you don't have any past experience. And now past experience can come from direct experience or it can come from information that you've read about an experience. Think about movies. Movies have such a big play, thing to play, right? Here's a perfect example. Kaylee may, may relate to this because I think uh, you brought it up, which made me think about this. But say you're sitting at home lights are out there's a jacket sitting in the corner and it looks like a, an ominous person what do you immediately do you go i've seen movies where if there's a guy standing in the corner it's gonna come and kill me i'm gonna freak out hey mister weird ominous shape back the hell up how many times have you actually gone into your house and seen someone standing there in the dark probably most of you never and i hope for god's sake i hope that most of you have never had that experience but we still have the emotion reacted due to watching movies, due to what happens in the movies. And we go, oh, I remember last time this happened in that movie and I don't want to be part of that. I don't want to be in the same situation as, you know, Chucky was or whatever other movie you've seen some guy standing in the dark. Okay. But this is a perfect example of how a memory based on information, doesn't even have to be a pure experience. It can just be information you've read, can start to trigger emotions. And we've spoken about this example with the physiology of, you know, a memory having actual physio physiological change. Change. For example, I want you to all think about biting into a lemon. Take a nice yellow lemon. You hold it. You can feel the texture. Now take a chunk out of it, all right? Take a big bite and feel that lemon squeezing into your mouth. You know how sour it is and how mm, your mouth starts watering. And can all of you feel now that your salivary glands are starting to go and it's like, oh, I can actually feel that buildup because your body has this neural pathway that can remember exactly when you've bitten into a lemon, which makes all the physiological things that should happen, happen. So chuck some ones in the chat if when you're imagining that you actually had some saliva buildup because that's what happens when we have that retention, that memory retention. Ones, 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 exactly. So this is the same thing that's happening when we see chart setups that we believe we know what's going to happen. And unfortunately, our prediction is the crippling aspect of this because we go, well, last time that happened, this wasn't the best outcome. And for 99.9% .9 of us on this call and learning to trade, we haven't come from being a seven-figure trader, which has got good habits. All of our past experience 
obviously haven't been the best experiences because otherwise would be that seven figure trader. So what we're doing is we're recalling memories of past experiences that are negative and trying to behave in a way relative to them. We don't want to be predicting the future based on shitty past experiences, which do not hold truth. So we have to understand this process. Fear comes from predicting the future based on past experiences. If we don't have a buildup of past experiences that leave a good memory to form good habits, we need to build those. So we need to stop, break down each step and go, right, I'm going to do one thing that I know is good for me. I know that taking my exits is going to be good for my trading because of everything that I've been told and everything that I've watched from the professionals. So I'm just going to try that. Dr. David Paul says eight to 13 trades, I think it is. And that's what forms the synapses. Remember I was saying the memory comes from the, the for, it's stored in the, the, the formation of the, the morphology, I think is the word of the synapses. And the more that we do the good behavior, the more that forms and the neurons that wire together, fire together. And so we create these new habits. So we need to do the process over and over again. If we cannot fight the fact that our human nature is to go, this is what happened in the future. Uh, this is what's going to happen in the future based on the past. So I'm going to respond that way because of my emotion. Then we may as well set good memories and good pasts so that when it does fire, it's actually a good behavior that's firing. Does this make sense? I don't have ESP. So why am I trying to figure out what the market makers are plotting? Exactly. <laughs> You're never going to know what the market makers are going to do. And I always like to use this example. Even if you did know what the market makers are doing, imagine one of the billionaires gets pissed off at his wife, go gets drunk and decides to jump on the markets and starts throwing millions of dollars here and there. It's going to affect the market in a way that we cannot predict. There are chances that very wealthy people do certain things which impact the global economy, which we cannot control, even if we could predict where the market's going. So how do we protect ourselves against that? We have our stop loss. We have our procedure. We have things in place. And we understand that each individual trade we make has no relativity to our overall outcome. Each individual trade we make is only an individual trade. And the outcome of that is always 50-50. We either make money or we lose money. I mean, yes, you can break even, but you know, if we're talking spreads and commissions, it's pretty much always you're going to make money or lose money. The range of that is entirely up to you. And remember, our four outcomes, the only four outcomes we want, Win small, break even, win big, or lose small. The last outcome that's possible is lose big. And unfortunately, what most of us are doing, lose big, lose small, break even, win small. And then once in a blue moon, we win big. And what does that do? Creates this dope, intermittent dopamine reward. And we go, ha-ha, that one time out of 17, when I broke my rules, I got that big win. So let's try for that again. But what we don't understand is that when we take back the numbers and we go, okay, yeah, you broke your rules and yeah, you got an 80 point trade. You forex your, you know, you got a forex trade, 10x trade, whatever it was, that's great. Unfortunately, it took you 15 losses to get that. So let's do the numbers there. Overall, you're down 5%. We're talking about a 1% risk. So those numbers don't add up. But yet we still keep the memory stored. We still keep, ah, there's that memory where I did get that 10x. But unfortunately, that came from a bad behavior. And so you have this reward system where you're predicting the future. Oh, it's going to go all the way up to there and I'm going to get my 10x. Remember that time? Remember that memory? That feels good, that one, doesn't it? That feels good. 
unfortunately, that came from a fluke. It came from a random occasion where it does go up. And you've remembered that strongly. But you haven't tried to remember the 12 small losses that you took before you got that one big one, which outweighed that big win. So now we're recalling on that memory because we want it. But unfortunately, it's not an accurate memory of market prediction. Did you follow that? Check some ones in the chat if this is making sense, okay? Okay, we do have some ones coming through. I haven't lost everyone. That's good. Okay, so I really want you to understand this concept. The brain is a magnificent thing. It works so well to get us to become this apex predator, but it's going to work so well to protect pr protect us protect us in the market situations. Oh, I don't want to lose money again. Remember, what was that perfect example? I don't want to lose again. It's such a, oh, I don't want to lose again. So what am I going to do? I'm going to use everything in my memory to call back emotion to help fight this possibility that I may lose again. And what does that loss, that that fear, that, that uh, what does that do? It usually makes you lose again because you can't think logically. You can't think based on probability. You're basically only on emotion. Like I can't take a loss. And then when it does start to move, maybe you think, oh, now I've got to make back those few losses. So I'm going to hold on really tight. Yeah, I'm, I'm at a decent profit, but that's not enough to make up for the two losses I've just had. So I'm going to hold on and try and get them all back in one trade. Oh, it turned around and now I break even. Now I'm, oh, well, that didn't work. Now the next trade, I'm going to have to hold on three times as long. This is what happens when we base our trading off future and past moments. We need to bring it to the present. We need to keep thinking. And this is, again, a process, a process of repetition that will build the synapses and the neural pathways to create the habit. So every time you get a chance, every single time you can find a way, put cues in your environment to make this thought come to your mind. But it has to be only focus on the present moment. You start to predict the future, stop that, come back to the present moment. You start to think about the past, stop that, come back to the present moment. Soon as you start to predict, come back to the present moment. As soon as you start to think, last time I did come back to the present moment. Doesn't Who gives a fuck what happened last time? It's not going to change anything about what's going to happen this time. Okay? Yes, you can learn from your experiences. And yes, you can learn from the emotions that come up when doing past trades. And I highly recommend you do that. But actually managing your trade based on what's happened in the past isn't going to help you. What you have to do is base your trades on what is happening right now with direction from a proven strategy. So it has to be, when I say a proven strategy, it has to be something that you know has a profitable outcome, okay? And that's where backtesting comes in or learning from a mentor or any of those things. So you can do the backtesting and you can do the numbers to see if it does end up profitable over a long term. And then all you're doing is taking that direction. Okay, over prob probability-based, over a long se section, two, three, five, 10 years, whatever you want to backtest, what are the steps that I need to do to make this profitable over the long term? Not in this individual trade, but over the long term. And that will mean that sometimes you get out of a trade and it does take off. But maybe that time it took off to give you the 10x, but the other 12 times it would have turned around and that would have been all you would have taken. And unfortunately, what happens is sometimes people do that. They, they trade a certain way. They start to follow their trading plan. And then it takes them out and they feel like they've missed 70 points. And like, oh, well, my trading plan sucks. What's the point in doing that? Well, that's not how it works. It's just that one instantaneous time. And as soon as we start to take one individual trade and make that 
the basis behind how we should shift our entire trading plan, then we never find consistency. And that is the key, consistency. Because when you do backtesting, when you do large sums of backtesting, trust me, I've done months and months and months of backtesting, if not years, you'll find that your strategy may flatline in January, February. It makes 400% in this particular year, year from February to, I don't know, July. And then in August, it loses a little bit. But if you start to change the way you trade every single month by month, you're never going to find that consistency. And the whole key here is consistency. Take something that you know works over a long period of time and apply the exact same methods, no matter what, to every trade you take in the moment. Who cares about the future? Who cares about the past? Just focus on now and the rules that you have about what you should be doing right now. Okay, I'm going to have a quick flick through the last few comments here. And then we'll move on to the trading, to our trading call. Jake, I really appreciate that you talk from your personal experiences because this is so true for all of us, I think. Yes, it very much is. There's a lot of traders who are in the same spot as me, maybe a bit emotional, maybe going through the journey, having their ups, having downs. And it's so important to understand that it's a process. It's going to be a process that's different for every single person. The faster we can learn these lessons and understand ourselves is the faster we move forward. Some of us get stuck in the same loop. I mean, I've gone back and forth multiple times. I've seen moments where I can trade really well and I know I can. And then my emotion takes over and I down, I'm in a downfall. Okay. It's just a process. But what I have noticed is that those poor trading, emotional trading stages are getting further and further between. Yes, they come back momentarily. But that All I need to do is bring self-awareness to the fact that I'm trading like my old self, understand those habits and routines and start to push them out and go back to the trader that I know I can be. And my intention is that over time, they go so far and few and far between that they're almost non-existent. Drawing on bad emotions is a losing battle. It definitely is. Positive present moments. Yep. This is a listen again and again podcast. <laughs> You're very welcome. I hope you do. Go back and put it on a replay. I need to actually catch up. I haven't put the last couple of weeks up because I've just been so busy. So needed this this morning. Thank you. Thank you, Jake. Be in the moment. Yep. Okay. So that's my rant over for this morning. I hope that's really clicked into some people's brains. And when you're on the charts today, do not think about each session as a whole. Think about each individual trade and think about each individual trade relative to your trading plan and what it tells you to do. Okay. This will also help staying out of that emotional feedback loop on the actual trading session. Sometimes we'll so disciplined for the first trade. And then if it doesn't go our way, we start to get emotional and trade the second trade poorly. And then if that doesn't go our way, it can just be a slippery slope down because we're just run straight into emotion. We also need to bring awareness to that and cut ourselves off before we get down that path. Okay. Thank you so much, Jake. I'm stuck in a rut and this will help. Well, Carmen, all I have to say is ruts do disappear. I have felt like I've been stuck in a rut more times than I can even count throughout my trading journey. There's been more times I've gone to my wife what the hell am I doing? Should I even be doing this anymore? I feel like I just want to quit. And then I pull my shit together and I fight another battle. And by the next week, I'm back to thinking how great I am at trading. So you're not alone. Ruts come and go. People who succeed are those who can realize they're in a rut and move their way out and not be dismissed by it, not feel beaten up by it too much. Okay. Do not feel like you're alone because I know from personal experience and numbers of traders that I've spoken to that many people get into that, but it's those who can make their way out and still have the positive outlook and the drive and the passion to keep going that become successful. 
All right, traders, much love. Let's switch on over to the trading call. For those listening on the podcast, I'll see you next week. And for our traders, make sure that you have got your emotional journals out or your journals out and you're ready to trade and track your emotions and you've done your brain warm up and you've read your trading plan. You know your lot size calculations. You've got your risk reward ready and all the other good things that we know that we're meant to be doing. Your brain warm up. Are you in the right mindset? All those lovely things. Okay, much love. Speak to you again next week. Bye.